Hey listeners, I'm Tracy. And I'm Brian, and today we are talking about giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Tracy, which one of us is better at giving our partner the benefit of the doubt? Hmm. It's an unfair question. I think you're better. Really? Yeah. I'm very quick to <laughs> to to do a lot of what we talk about today. Well, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and go ahead and let you yeah. let you be right on that. Yeah. I think I am better at that. See? What what does it mean? Can we let's let's start with an example. As couples are maybe, you know, cozying up to the fire right now, getting ready to listen to this together. It's going to spark this life-changing conversation. Let's give an example of our benefit of the doubt, and then maybe our listeners can hit pause and uh, talk about this one themselves. When did you let yourself off the hook but hammered me (laughs) (laughs) for doing something very similar? And I'm going to just... Let's just let's just put this around the whole area of driving. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Well, we have constant issues with driving in our relationship. And usually I feel like it's better if I drive because I'm the better driver. How about when we went out to dinner with our good friends and the wife drove and the husband made a very clear point to say, hey, my wife's driving. And I was like, dude, I get it. Yeah. High five. We got to sit in the back on the way to dinner. It was a great dinner, by the way. (laughs) We got to sit in back and just relax and enjoy ourselves. And, uh, and, you know, she drove and you drove up front. That was great. That was an enjoyable night and a very good steak dinner, too. It was because women, well, not all women. Many women are good drivers. And they can navigate better. Well, and see, again, back to this point of, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt that there's this thing called the fundamental attribution error, right? Which is where you, when someone makes a mistake, you attribute it to their mistake, something in them. Right. Like a personality flaw. Right. But when you make the same mistake, right. You fundamentally attribute it to my circumstances, my circumstances. I'm stressed out. I'm not a bad person. It's just, People were mean to me today, so I'm cranky. Yeah, and that's called the fundamental attribution error. And it really is. It, it's such a great thing to know. And you'll sound really smart Yeah. at the next party if you bring that up. <laughs> but it's basically the psychological term for what we're talking about today, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. What, Tracy, what is it, help us as a counselor, what is it in people that make us do this? Well, we always are going to give ourselves more credit or let ourselves off the hook. I mean, really, that's kind of what it's about. The fundamental, the fundamental attribute attribution error is really kind of like, um, Hey, listen, I might make this very same mistake you're making, but it's cause I had a bad day or I'm stressed out because of all the responsibilities I have. So we let ourselves off the hook. Whereas then if our spouse makes the same mistake, we're like, see, you're just a flawed person. You're irresponsible. You don't pay attention. And so we're not letting our spouse off the hook, but we, we want to give ourselves, we want to put ourselves in the best light possible. But why do we do it? I don't understand what, because I think so many couples listening to this would say, man, I totally get this. I didn't know there was a name for it, but I totally do this, not just in my marriage, but at work or with my kids or whatever. What is it? 
What do you think it is about us that this is so fundamental to it? It's such a thing that psychologists have given it a phrase and we all can relate to it. Well, I think in my opinion, I don't know what you're looking for here exactly, but I would say just pure selfishness. Mm. Like we're just a very me centered people. All I know is most people can relate to this. Yeah, because we're selfish people. Okay, I think that's a good answer. Because we want to put ourselves in a better light than we're willing to put others. So like if somebody is a jerk to me or cuts me off driving, I'm thinking, what a jerk. Probably have anger issues. Yep. But if I cut somebody off, I'm like, oh, I hope they know it's because I'm late picking up my kid. So it's like we just we're just kind of desperate to always elevate our own motivations and dismiss or be critical of everybody else's. How do you feel when somebody is riding your bumper when someone's right on your tail when you're driving? I hate it and it makes me want to slow down. But then when I'm doing it to somebody else, I'm like, you, you better know that I I mean business. So you better speed up. I'm not thinking about what they're thinking about me. Right. It's time for my confession. So our son, AJ, is 15, just about ready to get his license. We were driving the other day through a roundabout. We have those in our area. And AJ did not navigate the roundabout very well. He kind of took it fast and went up <laughs> over a curb. And, and I kind of flipped out a little bit and said, AJ, what are you doing? Slow down. You're right. And sure enough, I think maybe the next day, he was in the car as a passenger, and I did the exact same thing. Did he wig out at you? No. No, he was more mature, but mm -hmm. he did kind of smile mm -hmm. and he knew he didn't have to say anything. Boy, that that did you say something? Did you acknowledge he he uh, yeah, he kind of looked at me and uh, and I kind of looked at him and, <laughs> I, and I had to fight back. Yeah, there's something in me. There's just something that says there, there's a reason I did that. That is more legitimate. Right. Than the reason you did it, even though I've been driving for what, right. 30 years? Yeah, the way you could look at that is you have no excuse because you're seasoned in your driving. Wow, so this really is a thing. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about this next thing. And by the way, for those of you uh, listening in on this, you can check this out at flextalk.org. There's a short, about a seven-minute video on this. Um, they do a great job in the yeah. studio talking about this. And one of the things he talks about is uh, what what's called what the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, this is a John Gottman... Uh, idea. Right. Trace, explain real quick who John Gottman is, because some people out there might not know that author, and maybe some of them are going to want to pick up some of his books. Yeah. He's just a renowned uh, relationship expert. He has the Love Lab, where he has kind of scientific evidence behind his theories and way he views marriage, relationships, communication, and the like. So his his stuff isn't just based on his own opinions, he studies couples and has them live in this love lab and he, he observes them over the course of time and, and his predictability of couples that can um, stay married versus those that divorces in the 90th percentile. I mean, it's, he's good at what he does. He knows what he's looking for, which is why the four horsemen, he's identified that if these four things are in your relationship, you're, you're headed for trouble. Okay, and they, and they do relate to this, kind of this mm -hmm. idea of giving the benefit of the doubt. This is related to the fundamental attribution error, right? That 
when we don't give the benefit of the doubt, we end up assassinating one another's character. Right. We end up thinking the absolute worst about our spouse. Right. Okay, so let's go over each, each of these four things. And, and those of you listening in on this podcast, think about it in your own life. Which one of these is, is a problem for you or in your marriage? Um, in fact, couples, we encourage you to talk about this with a spouse, with your spouse or your mentor. And so, Tracy, the first one is criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, listen, I don't know a married couple out there who who aren't critical of one another. And the problem is it's not that you're critical one time means you're headed for divorce. But this would be if this is a pervasive pattern in your relationship where you're just critical of your spouse, where you just put them down, you... Um, you just you you attribute to them like you're just an uh, you're lazy, you're dumb, just critical of everything they do. Now, how does that how does that relate to the second one? Because the second one is sounds a lot like the first one. Yeah. So first one's criticism. The second horseman is contempt. Well, the way I would say that is like criticism, you know, is kind of like the surface thing you see, like you're late all the time or you never pick up your dirty clothes mm. or whatever. But contempt is kind of underneath the surface that's, to me, even more dangerous because mm. contempt then is like you just look down on your spouse, like they are inferior to you. I mean, I don't know how many times we see couples just, you know, how you feel like one spouse kind of talks down to or treats their spouse like a child. Yeah. And so it's like you have contempt for your spouse, like I am a better person than you. I'm smarter than you. Yeah. I'm I'm I just I'm a more highly developed person than you and you're just kind of this weak person so would you say that these two by the way these first two tend to go together in my mind and the last two go together would would you say to someone trace if if a couple was sitting here in front of us talking about this and one couple said i recognize i'm a critical person does that automatically mean that they have contempt for the other person in their heart um i don't know Mm-hmm. I th- I'm like I'm thinking about some of the young couples that we know, uh-huh. right? We know a young couple. Maybe they they just have more of a critical spirit. I guess my my part of my question is here: Should that person pay attention to that? Because does criticism tend to give way? Maybe over thirty or forty or fifty years in marriage sure. to contempt. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as you asked the question. I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if it's over the span of. A longer mm-hmm. marriage like the longer you're married the more right. likely you are to fall into contempt yeah and the more situations just keep piling Reminding on you yeah. yeah like we how many times do we have this conversation yeah well you know not to let the other the not not to let the other spouse off the hook mm-hmm. right because i think maybe there's a difference between contempt when it's or criticism even when it's when it's healthy criticism or when it's, I guess we would say constructive criticism versus just having a critical spirit towards your spouse. And eventually that just turns into this, this seed of contempt or maybe the other way around, you have this contempt in your heart for the other person. Yeah, it can go either way, I think. And it comes out as criticism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. None of these things are coming from a, a heart that's really caring about their spouse. I mean, again, if you go back to the fundamental attribution error it's looking at your spouse saying there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. so I'm critical of those things that I see that are wrong with you or there's just something about your personality or your maturity level that I just I have contempt for that Mm -hmm. and I guess I guess it's true that you in some cases you could have contempt for yourself and be critical of yourself sure 
but probably more often in marriage. Yeah, the damage is is towards your spouse, I'd say. Yeah, but maybe that's for another conversation, the person who's self-critical. Yes. And, and, you know, those things can be related. Your spouse is critical, now you become self-critical, and and it just destroys the spouse that is being criticized. Right both internally and externally. Right. Okay, the third thing then is defensiveness. So we have criticism, contempt, and then defensiveness. Now, this to me is a whole different class than the first two. Yeah, and I think if you think about if your spouse, you know, in in our scenario about our driving, and they're like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Why are you, you know, riding the bumper of the sky or slow down or get over? You don't ever get over fast enough when we're going to exit. These are all things, by the way, that... <laughs> That we talk about in our car rides. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. That, you know, your initial reaction when you feel like your spouse is coming at you, that you're going to be defensive and you're going to try and throw it back at them. Well, I can't focus when you're always yelling at me all the time. Yeah. You know, like instead of being like, oh, gee, I know I probably should slow down or I know I should plan ahead for our exit coming up. You, you, we get defensive and we want to throw it back at our spouse yeah, and right. make pl- blame something on them. For who you are right and then the circle it just continues it keeps bouncing from criticism to defensiveness and back and forth right and I, yeah, I could definitely see this even with my story with aj i, I definitely got defensive um, about riding up on the on the uh the median there when i was going through the roundabout right. the very same thing he did and i could and he was defensive too by the way when i barked sure. at him about that and and then I, here I am being defensive, right? Um, cutting myself slack when I wasn't going to cut him slack, right? And so you can just see how in a marriage, if you're always defensive, or if you the way you speak to your spouse puts them on the defensive, then you're never really getting to dealing with any of the real issues because you might have a legitimate beef with them, but the way you come at them and their reaction to that, then you're just kind of talking around the issues. And again, that fundamental attribution error is to be defensive is me trying to say, well, wait a second, when you do it, you're wrong and it's your issue. But when I do it, why are you being, why are you overreacting? Like mm-hmm. I just had a bad day or right. sorry. I just had a moment of where I lapsed in attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So the fourth horseman is stonewalling. And so before you explain this, Trace, to me, the first two criticism and contempt go together because those are those are kind of proactive, and then defensiveness and stonewalling can tend to be reactive. So it depends on which side of the argument you are, or which side of the blame that you are, mm-hmm. right? So explain stonewalling. I yeah, get, well, I totally get this one. Yeah, well, stonewalling is the same thing as withdrawal. You just you just throw up a wall. You refuse to talk about it. You just totally shut it down. Mm-hmm. So again. If if you're stonewalling in your marriage and that becomes a pervasive pattern, uh, chances are pretty good you're never going to resolve any conflicts. You're not going to have any meaningful connection, and so the relationship's doomed for failure. Yeah, so I can see the the critical spouse causing proactively criticizing, and now it causes defensiveness in the other spouse, and and then eventually stonewalling. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think you know that second horseman contempt. I think that that could happen in both spouses, Sure. right? The critical spouse, you know, contempts, you know, holds this, the spouse in contempt in her, in her, his or her heart. 
And then the, the defensive spouse over time does the same thing. You right. stonewall, but in your heart, you're just thinking, I, I can't, I can't stand you. You're right. so critical. Right. Right. Which, which to me, like the, the title of this topic is giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Think about how different a marriage could be if instead of falling into these patterns where you're attributing more negativity to a person's motive than you would to yourself and then using those four horsemen things. Think about how different it would be if in a marriage you would say, you know what? You're right. That wasn't my mistake. And I'm sorry for that. Or how, you know, how you would just kind of change the way you speak to each other. And instead of assuming the worst of your motives that I would say, you know what, honey, I know you've been stressed today. So I'm not going to overreact to how you just spoke to me with that tone or whatever. Like what a difference that would make in a marriage. How much more you could get to some of those real issues without creating all this other chaos around you. Now, I could I could only imagine that, you know, a husband or wife listening to this podcast right now thinking, oh, man, this is like this is exactly what, you know, one of the issues in our marriage like, I totally relate to this. And by the way, if this is you, I just want you to know you are not alone. I, I would imagine 100% oh, of yeah. couples deal with this. Oh, yeah. So it's now maybe some couples deal with this. Maybe for some couples, it's more of a problem than for other couples. Right. Like it could be threatening the very, you know, existence of your marriage. Right. But, but Tracy, what would you say to that couple who's listening to this who says, I don't think my husband or my wife I don't think that they would be receptive to this. What would your advice be? How does that, you know, how does the person who, who says, my, my spouse totally does this, never gives me the benefit of the doubt, but I don't really know how to broach the topic mm-hmm. with my spouse. Uh, how would I even bring this to my spouse, spouse? What would be some practical advice? Would you say, just do it? Just bring it up anyway. I mean, I don't know. We're just, I'm spitballing here a little bit on just on a really practical level because in some, in some marriages, it's not well safe, right? Right. So listen, you can't make someone see something they don't want to see or receive information, but a couple of suggestions is if that's, if you feel like that's pervasive, then seeking professional counseling could be helpful to have another perspective to weigh in on right. your dynamic. Right. Maybe sharing the topic from Flex Talk on giving your partner the benefit of the doubt and just yep. saying, hey, would, would you mind watching this video? And I just thought there were some interesting points here that I think some of these dynamics are in our relationship. You're not mm-hmm. you're not just blaming your spouse. Right. Like, I think this could be helpful for us to talk about. Yeah. I want to be better in how I treat you and how I speak to you. And I feel like there's some things I would love to see from you and and hope that your spouse would engage. Yeah, and some of you out there might just say, there's no way my spouse would be open to that. And I guess I would just say, just try. You never know. I think, again, it's if you approach with that attitude is, hey, there, I was listening to this podcast, right? Or, or use the, the topic from the site. And I thought we could probably really learn from this, right? So, because right. some couples might be like, I don't think she would, that would be a bridge too far to go to professional account. I think we should go see a counselor, for some people, that might be like, oh, I, you know, no way. For whatever reason, they right. might be resistant to that. So in those cases, I would say, and we we know couples like this. Mm-hmm. I would just say, hey, just do your best to gently instruct, yeah. gently. Well, and lead by example too. I think the more you model that you give your partner the benefit of the doubt and aren't just looking to attribute the worst motives to everything they do, maybe they'll notice that. 
Trace, what would you say to the to the spouse who's listening to this and just is like convicted right now and is like, man, I, that's totally mm-hmm. me. I, I realize I'm the offender. I mean, again, both, I'm sure husband and wife both do this, but maybe the husband or the wife says, no, I do this more. I'm yeah. way worse at this. Well, listen, I'm a proponent of tomorrow is a new day. I just, I really feel like when I identify these things in myself, you know, I can get stuck in a woe is me and a victim mentality of like, this is just who I am. And I've been this way for years and I can't ever change. I would rather say, you know what? I'm aware of it now. You know, knowledge is power. Choose to be teachable and humble and just work on it. Now you're aware of it. So pay attention to how you are. Pay attention the next time you're in a situation where you could, you know, attribute the worst motivation to your spouse and choose not to do that. Choose to respond to them the way you would want them to respond to you. Like, hey, you know what? I know you've had a bad day. I'm not going to overreact to that tone or whatever. Yeah, and I would would, just keep working at it. Yeah, and I would speak to the men out there. You know, men, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you now. For many of you, it is so hard for you to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I joke, it's like uh, some of you maybe grew up with uh, happy days. I know I did. I'm, I'm old enough to remember happy days. And the Fonz could never say those words, I'm sorry. And I think that's how a lot of guys mm-hmm. are. They, they literally can't bring themselves to say, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I recognize. And I would just say this to you guys, because I can relate to that. I would say the first few times you do it, it's hard, just like anything. But if you make it a habit, and if you humble yourself and say, hey, let's talk about this one. I want to get better. I want our marriage to get better. I want our relationship to get better. Um, it can get better. And uh, and it's it's going to start with some humility and teachability on the part of one or preferably both of you. Right. Anything else on this topic? No, I just think as, as any of our topics on communication and conflict, keep working at it. It's worth it. It's worth to put the time and energy into learning how to communicate in a healthy way because your marriage, I mean, you'll be shocked at how easy your marriage can seem when you're firing on all cylinders and communicating well and giving the benefit of the doubt and wishing the best of your spouse. 